0: This is The Law School Show, discovering the person behind the resume, bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show.
1: Hello, and welcome to The Law School Show. I'm your host, Emma Huang. Today, we have with us Canada's Deputy Auditor General, Mr. Andrew Hayes. Mr. Hayes joined the Office of the Auditor General in 2005. He's a Deputy Auditor General and has been appointed as the Interim Commissioner of the Environment and Sustainable Development. Before joining the OAG, Andrew worked in a large national law firm with a litigation practice that focused on administrative law and employment law. Andrew is a graduate of the University of Ottawa Faculty of Law, and he also holds a Master of Laws from Osgoode Hall Law School. Welcome, Andrew.
0: Thank you very much, Emma. I'm very pleased to be here with you.
1: Andrew, I think our audience may already know you. A famous media outlet featured you, and I quote here Canada's Deputy Auditor General wins prestigious bagpipe competition. Do you mind telling us more about that?
0: Uh, thank you. So. In 2019, I was fortunate enough to win the Highland Society of London gold medal in in Scotland. And that competition happens once a year in Oban and, and also in Inverness. There's two of them. Uh, I won the competition in Inverness in 2010. That gold medal is, is the most prestigious for solo pipers in the world. Um, and it's a, it was a complete honor for me to have been able to win it me nine years in between wins but uh some people do it in a lot less time i was really happy to be able to juggle family professional and a hobby and still be able to perform at a high level internationally
1: that's really impressive andrew and if i my research was right that is an olympic level competition right
0: it pulls together the the best players from around the world there will be pipers from New Zealand, Australia, the United States, Europe, obviously the UK and uh, Canada, obviously. And from, from the perspective of comparison, it, it really is the, 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 one of the top competitions in the world for pipers. Obviously, on the solo side, that's, that's what I'm talking about. There's a different competition for pipe bands that happens in Scotland in, in early August every year, but I'm, I'm talking about the solo piping at this point. So it, I would say that it is, uh, it is on on the level of of the most prestigious that when you compare to other domains.
1: Congratulations, that is really impressive. And how, how long have you been playing?
0: So I started very young. My father was a piper, and I and I started learning from him when I was eight years old. And he was a a police officer here in Ottawa and a member of the Ottawa Police Pipe Band. So I joined that band when I was. I was about 10 years old and I've, wow. I've been, been a member ever since.
1: Wow so that is a long time commitment and how about during law school did you continue backpiping then?
0: I did actually um, so I was at the University of Ottawa Law School from n- 1999 to 2002 and during that period of time I still continued to compete in Scotland in the solo piping competitions and uh, I, I'll say that it was important for me to to keep going with my hobbies while I was going to to law school. There's a lot of value in having distractions from law school. As, as you all know, it, it can be all encompassing at times, and it's important to, to break away from time to time.
1: That's very true, especially given the stress. It will probably be very helpful to have a hobby for you to manage the stress. Um, so looking back at your law school experience, what do you wish that you had done differently?
0: So that's an interesting question. I mean, I guess if I if I reflect back on the years I spent at law school, I would have said that I I wish I spent more time volunteering. You know, the the community legal clinics. I I entered law school as uh, as somebody that didn't really have a, a clear path in mind at that point in time. I went to law school after I finished an undergraduate degree in social sciences at Ottawa U. Um, and I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, to be honest with you. So I wasn't like some of my classmates who had a clear idea of what their their path in their career would be. Um, so I, I didn't have the practical benefit of knowing what what it meant to practice law. And I think I could have benefited a lot from, from volunteering at that point in time. I was working part-time while I was going to law school, so it was, it was difficult to find the time. But, um, but if I was to do it again, I think i would have put a a priority on on volunteering at while i was at law school
1: well that's very solid advice um andrew you have a really stellar resume after law school you worked for a large national national law firm so what was the transition like especially like you mentioned you didn't have a lot of practical experience in law before uh joining law school so what was the transition like from law school right into practice
0: so let me start with with uh at the time in second year we would apply for uh for articling positions and not knowing uh not knowing what i wanted to do i applied broadly and i was really fortunate that uh that i knew i knew somebody who had gone through uh, law school a a few years before me and he ended up working at at gowlings Um, he's a partner there now uh, but he sort of helped me figure out what I wanted to do. I ended up applying to large, medium and small firms. And eventually I was really pleased to be able to to work at Gowlings um, as an articling student and an associate. Like I said before, I wish that I had done a a bit of volunteer work in the legal clinics because when I walked into the law firm, it was all brand new to me. I didn't know what it meant to practice law. I, I had an academic Experience at law school, and that was that was fantastic. I really enjoyed my time at at the University of Ottawa, but I didn't really know what it meant to be a lawyer on the ground. So, the transition, I'll say, uh, was was eye opening. Um, I'll I felt fortunate. You know, I, I suppose that this is the case with large firms, and and I know that other firms um, deal with mentoring a different way, but with with gowlings there there was a a really sophisticated student program that was that was managed um by by somebody who is dedicated to supporting students and they also uh they also were able to support us with mentors both associates and partners so i think i benefited from from the the advice of of all of those people It helped that there were a number of articling students that were that were together at the same time at the firm. So that helped the transition. And with a with a large firm like Gowlings, there's a lot of infrastructure to to train and support people. So I I think that helped with my with my transition. It's uh, it's not easy, though, you know, leaving law school and going into the high paced world of the private sector, in the legal community it's 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 a lot to do and you've got to you've got to be dedicated to your to your profession in order to do it well
1: absolutely so on top of the transition what would you say would be your biggest challenge while you're doing the private uh, practice
0: so i recall vividly being in the office of uh, of a person who i who i learned a tremendous amount from a, a man by the name of Martin Mason, who at the time when I was there, I, I did a lot of work with, and he also uh, was the managing partner of the, of the firm at the time in Ottawa. And he, I, I remember, sit, I prepared a memorandum for for him that was intended to be used for a client. And he called me into the office and he said, you know, this is this is good research and everything like that, but you haven't answered what the client wants to know. You haven't gotten to, to the service that we need to provide to the client in order for them to be able to move forward with the challenge that they're facing. And I, I would say that that was probably the biggest adjustment I had to make from writing academic papers to being focused on a client's needs and helping them get through a challenge that they're facing. I would say that's the biggest the biggest adjustment I made.
1: Well, thank you so much for sharing that insight, especially as a one out who's just starting to learn how to write legal memos that is very useful. So what would you say would be the most enjoyable aspect practicing in the firm?
0: Without a doubt, I would say that it was working with uh with really professional and high uh high achieving individuals you know i I would say that At the firm, I I got the benefit of a rotation in my articles through the advocacy department, the the uh, business department and the intellectual property department. I found I found that I enjoyed working in the advocacy department the most, but the other the other two departments were very interesting. I, I was able to meet some some people in the firm, partners and associates alike, who I tried to model my behavior. Off of because I saw that the way that they the way that they treated each other and I saw the way that they treated clients and you know I I could rattle off a bunch of names um, you know people like Rick Dearden and Mark Jocelyn in the Ottawa office um, taught me about being uh, client focused being timely with everything that uh, that I try to do and those those are life lessons that I I've carried through as I left the the firm and and went to the the public sector, but I, I would also say that I made lifelong friendships at the firm with, with, uh, with people that I both articled with and people that were there before me, and those, those relationships continue to this day.
1: Well, that's really nice to have mentors who would guide you and help you succeed at work, and to also be able to nurture such meaningful relationships that could easily extend beyond work. You mentioned that you moved on to public sector. You transitioned into the OAG, the Office of Auditor General. What motivated you to make such a change?
0: Well, to be honest with you, at that point in time in my career, I was I was trying to figure out what I really wanted to do, and at at that time, the Office of the Auditor General had had been through a few prominent, um, I guess events. The Auditor General of Canada released audits on the sponsorship scandal in the early part of the 2000s. And also there were there were some some hard hitting reports on on government programs and, and the Privacy Commissioner at the time. And because of that, I saw the the Office of the Auditor General as a place where where I could maybe continue to to have a broad administrative um, law experience, while also making uh, a difference to some degree for Canadians. And when I when I moved to the office, uh, it was halfway through the mandate of Auditor General Sheila Fraser, and it was an inspiring time to be with the office. Frankly, we, we got to do a ton of interesting work under Sheila, and that continued thereafter once Sheila left with Michael Ferguson, and now with Karen Hogan. So, you know, I think that the, the drive to to the public sector was was more uh, maybe a, a phase in my life. Um, I can I can tell you that I've never looked back, though. I've sometimes thought about what would I do if I went back to private practice? And I keep imagining myself going right back to the firm that I left. So it wasn't because of the firm that I left. It was because I needed to try something new. I wanted to try something new. Um, I do still miss elements of of the advocacy practice, you know, being in court, being in mediations, helping individual clients. But uh, but where I'm at now, I think is a good fit for me.
1: Venturing into a new field, moving from the private sector into the public sector, was it difficult for you? Did you find it challenging? It
0: was. It was a, diff, a different environment altogether. Um, I entered a small legal team in, in the office of the Auditor General. At the time I think there was only five lawyers in the office and you contrast that from a firm like Gowlings where there are a ton of people in Ottawa and many people who are going through the same thing that you're going through at the same time. So moving to a smaller team was a, was an adjustment uh, the kind of work that I ended up doing at the beginning was very different. So instead of being focused on, on litigation, I was focused on supporting uh, the office in its work, both on a general counsel level, um, not as the general counsel, but but internal corporate services level. But also uh, ensuring that the work that the office did was, um, was supported by good legal principles. And... From my perspective the the background I got from the the years I spent at gallings was incredible and the the foundation I had from the studies that I did at the University of Ottawa was was in, I, I would say invaluable you know you, you don't realize how much you retain in the three years that you were at law school until you actually get out and practice and start to use it and from time to time, you'll realize that what you really gained from law school was the ability to learn. You became a lifelong learner.
1: Andrew, I'm very glad that you brought up this topic about what you've learned in law school and how you used these knowledge and skills in your job at the OAG. Andrew, you've had a wealth of experience. You've had experience working in the private sector. uh, And then you've also had experience in the public sector first working at the OAG as a senior legal counsel, and then now you are doing performance audits. Do you mind elaborating a little bit more on how you make use of the legal education and skills in these different positions throughout your different career paths?
0: It, uh, fundamentally, you know, the, the purpose of the work that I do is a bit different now at, at the Office of the Auditor General than it was when I was in private practice. In private practice, I was helping, you know, the, the clients of the firm resolve their disputes. Um, now I'm working on, on audits and I'm, I'm helping the Auditor General uh, deliver her mandate to, to uh, Parliament. And just as a as background, performance audits are, are evaluations of, of government programs. They're audits of government programs. And one of the hallmarks of those performance audits is that they're evidence-based. So when when you take that down to fundamental principles, whether you're in litigation or whether you're supporting an audit, you're looking at evidence. You're ensuring that evidence is strong, reliable, credible. You're you're assisting with interviews and document review. And all of those features uh, come strongly and firmly from a legal background, in my view. So I, I know that, uh, that it looks a bit different, but when you break it right down to the, to the competencies, the skills, and the experience, I, I think that a legal background transfers well into a lot of areas when you look at the principles of, of what what the jobs might entail.
1: Thank you very much, Andrew, for joining us today. As a parting gift for our audience, do you have any insights or survival tips to law students, especially given all of these challenges that we're facing today?
0: The best survival tip I can give you is that you're, recognize that you're not in it alone ever. And the the importance of relationship building, seeking out learning opportunities, mentors um, is, Maybe the best advice I can give. Uh, I think that most people that I've come across in my legal uh, in my legal practice or my my history with the universities you mentioned, Osgood Hall and, and uh, my my LLM, but also at the University of Ottawa, most people are more than willing to to help and to support each other. So I would say that uh, that focusing on that is is the way to get through. These challenging challenging times. I can only imagine what it's like to be a law student now. My law school experience was was in person in photo hall um, most days of the week. and I, I can imagine that the remote uh, the remote world right now makes that very different as an experience for for all law students and that in my view just makes their relationship building the, the, uh, the connection with others even more important.
1: That's very well said, especially these days. A lot of things are on Zoom, online. It's very easy for all of us to feel that we're in this alone by ourselves. But remembering that we're in a community where everyone is supportive of each other is really important. And I think, Andrew, you are really exemplifying this support that you're emphasizing that is really important for us to get through this challenging time. So thank you very much, Andrew, for joining us. And thank you, audience, for listening to The Law School Show. I would also like to thank Jason Wall and Natalie Cousineau from the Office of Auditor General for facilitating this interview. Thank you so much for tuning in. You have been listening to Emma Huang and Mr. Andrew Hayes, Canada's Deputy Auditor General and World Backpiping Champion. See you next time.
0: You've just been listening to The Law School Show. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and now on Spotify or on our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, like us again on Facebook or follow us on Twitter for the latest updates. Human stories, new legal topics, and career-advancing advice right to your earbuds. Catch it all here, next time, on The Law School Show.